research ethics on your right shoulder. And when you say that, it's sort of, what's, what's she talking about? But then during the course, they understand that research ethics is very much, uh, it goes hand in hand with uh, rigorous research. So you can't do research, good research, without it being ethical. So research then, so ethics then now is a field of study. Uh, you study uh, that in philosophy. But, and uh, it is very much a field of study pertaining to what is considered right or wrong in a certain setting or certain society. And it involves these values that have been created by or produced and reproduced in uh, communities and societies. So because there is a cultural and social context within which these values appear, we can then uh, conclude that values are not universal all across the world. They are culture-bound, and they may change over time. These are two important things that are necessary for what I'm going to talk about in a while. So then, this field of study has historical roots in philosophy, ever since uh, Aristotle, for example. So it's not something just two, uh, two, two, two decades old. Uh, these schools of thought uh, have arisen. So um, you would, and I'm not going to go into details of that, and that's, uh, that would have been great if our uh, colleague from Birzeit was here. But you can, you can uh, there, there are tons of material on that. But what I'm saying is that there are schools of thought about what is ethical and how people should go about um, uh, behaving ethically, how they should go about behaving ethically, whether in societies or whether now for us in research. So there is, for example, a focus on the collective good. Whatever is, whatever produces good for a society or for a group, then that is ethical. Another school of thought says, well, wait a minute, collective good is not the only thing. What about duties to other human beings? Uh, forget about the result. We're interested in the, the process. So what about uh, research ethics? Research ethics is the ethics pertaining to research, right? And this concept is very much rooted in and has come up from uh, the global north or the west as Setani, Setani rightfully uh, pointed to it's a modern notion okay, that emerged because of research that has abused individuals and groups in the west in the uh, 20th uh, century particularly around um, World War II era okay? specifically in the fields of medical research and uh, psychology. So, for example, there have been uh, the atrocities of the Nazi experiments on the prisoners of war. Uh, there has also been uh, psychological experiments that deceived participants. There was an interesting study that we talk about all the time. It's called the Tuskegee study that un tries to understand the natural progression of syphilis and and this was a study conducted in uh, a place called Tuskegee with African Americans in the 1970s where this group was deprived of the medicine or any kinds of uh, treatment 
because they wanted to see the natural progression. So that is a lot of harm. And so because of these, and there are a couple more, but these are the main ones. So these led to different kinds of codes of conduct and regulations because research with human beings or on human beings uh, are producing a lot of harm. So these, uh, for example, the, mo the prominent one that is very much, that has become sort of universal around the world is the Belmont Report which came out from the uh, uh, World Medical Association in the 1960s. There was a meeting and they come up, came out with sort of like a declaration, uh, the Belmont Report, uh, which, which then was followed by a series of ideas to establish similar guidelines and codes of conduct in different disciplines. So you have the, uh, the codes of conduct in uh, anthropology, codes of conduct in psychology, then in public health, uh, in nursing, and so on and so forth. However, uh, the principles, these principles that came out from the Belmont Report, and these are three major ones, I'll talk quickly about them in a moment, have been the ones that have been adopted by uh, the federal government in the U.S. and many other governments in the West. And they have become the universals. So it is assumed that whatever applies in the West, in the context of biomedical research, can and should be applied or should be used to guide research with other people around the world in biomedical and non-biomedical research. That's a great assumption. I mean, it doesn't work that way, of course. This is my nota bene, but... Mm. Um, so then, uh, because these have been adopted by the federal government, and for AUB, because we're an American university of Beirut, and we have the main office in New York, we need to abide by, abide by the federal government regulations when we do our research. That's the big challenge. Okay? Um, this, has, this adoption of these guidelines have given rise to the necessity to have what you call research ethics committees. And this term is used in Europe and in, uh, in, in, uh, in the UK, equivalent to institutional reg uh, review boards in American institutions or uh, America. So these are the same thing. Uh, and of course you have the Human Research Protections Office. Ooh, that's a big thing in the US. So then all of these all of these codes of conduct and, and rush towards uh, establishing guidelines for different disciplines or whatever, the only idea the, the main aim was to protect people from research harm. But the whole idea stemmed from protecting research from physical harm. And that's where it came from, yani the, the, the biomedical uh, studies. Okay. So what are the principles? Um, to remember them, I, I'd say these are ABC. So ABCs. When I talk to my students, the ABCs of the Belmont Report. So, and this, is, this has been seen to be called principalism. So when you abide by or use these three principles, you, uh, three principles, 
to guide your research, you are using uh, the framework of principalism. Not a problem there, but let me tell you what these are. First of all, it's the, uh, the idea of respect for individual autonomy. So that's the A, respect for individual autonomy. Because people are seen as autonomous individuals, free-floating in the air, have no connections to other people, decide on themselves, have no undue influences, whether from their community or from the country they live in or from their family. And this probably applies in the West because the West is very much an individualist society. Number two, so that means um, uh, people... Uh, uh, are given the chance to voluntarily consent to be part of studies uh, and then uh, confidentiality and privacy are very important things that one needs to uh, think about and that one can achieve confidentiality and privacy throughout the research. The second principle is a, a principle of uh, uh, do no harm, beneficence, that's the B. Do no harm or do as little harm as possible, but improve the chances of doing good uh, to uh, the participants uh, of the study. The third is equitable distribution of burdens, social justice. So this is, in my mind, social justice. So sort of like give back. So if, a, if someone's involved in a medical trial, the important thing is that uh, there is not just one group who receives the, the, who's in the trial, not to be overstudied. So there needs to be this distribution of burden to other groups and other individuals. Just a quick description of what these principles are. These are good and applicable in medical research. And even if they're applied in medical research, they're looked at as something that needs to be done at the very beginning, like through a consent form. It doesn't mean that if you get people's consent and if you choose your population uh, diligently, then throughout the research project, there is no guarantee that harm will be done or people will forget, and so they need to be reconsented. So the, the, the study that I'm doing with uh, participants involved in, in medical studies, the participants themselves, uh, they tell you they consented us, but I can't remember what it was. So every time they come in and they do further studies on me, because I'm here for a long term, I'm taking my medication for 10 years, uh, because I'm, I have multiple sclerosis, since they're you know, treating me, I'll do anything because they're giving me you know, the medication and I'm feeling better. Oof, that's right, biomedical research, right? So that means there is undue influence. Consent is not voluntary. So, okay, now take that a little bit away from, uh, from biomedical uh, research. What's happening in the world is that we universities around the world and in our parts of the world, they are um, aspiring to and are using and adopting, not adapting, adopting as is these principles in their universities and in their institutional review boards because there are vested interests between these universities and the West. So in terms of funding or in terms of uh, requirements for exchange programs, uh, etc. So there are major uh, uh, funding agencies in the West 
that uh, fund uh, medical and social science uh, research. So, for example, the national, national, U.S. National Institutes of Health, uh, if you get a fund from that, means ooh, you, are, you are top in your field. Uh, it's very competitive. And they require uh, you, that you have an online certification of the NIH training. So even if you pass that, does that mean you are able to do research ethically? In my mind, no, because I've gone through it and it doesn't. Uh, and other funders such as uh, United States Agency for International Development, IDRC is another one, the Wellcome Trust, uh, etc. All of these require that you go through some sort of ethical regulation in your institution. Okay, or at least have uh, a, a phrase about how you're going to ensure ethical conduct in your research. So what's the most, what's the, the most available? What's the easiest? The three principles. And, that, and you can see those um, um, not always available, when, but when they are available, we did a, an analysis of websites in four countries of, uh, of the Arab region that house major uh, uh, research institutes. So Lebanon, Qatar, uh, Saudi Arabia, and Egypt. There were 126 websites, but uh, 64 were um, those related to human subjects research. 60 were readily accessible, and only um, uh, 20 had anything related to ethics and, and research ethics and, and uh, principles. Uh, the principles that were mentioned, where they, they were mentioned, were these. The Belmont Report, uh, the, 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 the World Federation, etc. Nothing local. So that's a, a finding uh, in itself. So I think I'll just uh, say one more word about um, the problem with these uh, principles, or, yeah? Um, and then later on I'll leave uh, some challenges, uh, I'll leave the challenges uh, quickly that I found um, when I was doing research with researchers from different, uh, uh, from different disciplines. Oh, we now know that uh, they are the principles that we're talking about that have become universals are rooted in the West are rooted in medical, uh, um, medical research and, and, in, and stem from individualistic societies. We are not individualist societies, so just having that in mind. So we are a collectivist society, we're a community, uh, there are networks, and people usually don't make decisions by themselves about many things. Uh, even buying a car. <laughs> so how about involvement in research? Oh, I need to think about what the repercussions are on my family. Shall I ask my husband? Shall I ask my friend? And some of the research, some of the participants that I'm seeing in this study that we're doing uh, were signed up to the study by a family member. So where's consent in all of that? So um, another thing uh, is that uh, these principles follow the biomedical model of ethics, which really do not, are very challenging. If you want to put a, a, a round peg in a square hole or vice versa, are very difficult for social science research um, be, because of the nature 
of uh, these disciplines. So social science is quite different from biomedical research and medical research. They stem from two different principles and ideas about how the world is seen and how we produce uh, knowledge. So when we talk about research ethics, ethical research, it means whatever you want to call it, but for me it means socially responsible conduct, responsible conduct, okay? Uh, not just at the beginning of the project where you get a consent because it doesn't guarantee you are uh, an ethical researcher, the idea of socially responsible means you as a researcher being responsible to your participants, to, to their culture, to the discipline all throughout the uh, research, uh, as Satania was saying, uh, from the research question to access to field work to analysis and to dissemination. And there's a lot about that in the field of public health because we deal with communities and individuals uh, that belong to collectivist societies. So I'll just stop there. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jihad. <laughs> ملائمة لظروفنا مثل ما ذكر جهاد يعني لجعل عملية التفكير وتطبيق أخلاقيات البحث مش, مش, عملية مش عملية فوقية مش مسألة موافقات مسألة إدماج فكرة الأخلاقيات بالبحث نفسه فعم نفكر بطرق مختلفة منيرة رح تذكر اثنين أو ثلاثة منهم هدول لساتهم في يعني لساتنا في طور التفكير لسه ما طبقنا أي شيء من هذا فكمان منحب نسمع آراءكم في هاي المسألة بس قبل ما أنت عندناك في بحب جهاد at some point تحكي لنا كمان على فكرة vulnerable populations المجتمعات أو المجموعات غير المحصنة أظن يترجموها باللغة العربية لأنه أظن هاي إلى يعني مهم كتير بالنسبة لنقاشنا اليوم والنقطة الثانية اللي من حبنا نناقشها إنه مثل ما لازم نسأل نفسنا إنه هل الفرد المبحوث هو فرد مستقل وبأخذ قرارات لوحده ولخي نسأل إنه الباحث هل الباحث كمان مستقل وعم بقدر إنه يتصرف مثل ما بده ففي عنا كمان ناحية هون أظن بكل المجتمعات خاصة مجتمعاتنا إنه كيف منحمي الباحث مش بس كيف نحمي البحوث نحمي الباحث من المبحوث في بعض الأحيان كم نحمي الباحث من السلطات ومن القوة الموجودة أو من أثر البحث ففي intersections في, في تداخل هون بين أخلاقيات البحث وحقوق الإنسان من ناحية معينة لما نفكر بالمبحوث وفي تداخل بين أخلاقيات البحث والحرية الأكاديمية لما نفكر بالباحث ف 
ففي أكثر من فريم وورك أو من إطار اللي لازم نفكر فيه بأخلاقيات البحث، يعني في هاي التداخلات مع أطر ثانية. فمنيرة كويكلي Yeah, no, we are running out of time. I don't know how that happened. So. Okay, we started late. We started late. So we came up with a few ideas based out of this, coming out of this workshop that we had with a number of people in December, um, that were thinking through research ethics and how we can encourage this culture without. Uh, imposing bureaucratic nightmares on researchers and so on. So what we, the few ideas that we came up with is one, uh, starting an online platform where people could share, uh, so instead of assuming that we know the questions that are being asked and the particularities of each time and place and so on and how these common sense terms are being applied in different places, we would instead ask people to kind of contribute to this blog or a SoundCloud was an idea or through video, through text, and talk about the particularities of their research studies, and then, you know, kind of crowdsource advice or different considerations, ethical considerations that they should be taking into account when they're doing their research. Um, and so that would be the first thing. So instead of, you know, instead of assuming we know the questions, we're asking people to contribute case studies. The second thing that we would be doing and maybe building out of this blog or this uh, forum is creating an online tutorial um, which you know which we wouldn't import but instead we'd be using case studies that are specific here so for instance on one of the models that we are looking at maybe because we're being funded by IBRC is their tri-council policy statement tutorial which asks um, you know which goes through the different research principles